Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Today, I'm with a company that just went public and rang the bell on NASDAQ. I'm with Ginny and Max at MGO Global. Thank you both for taking the time to be with me today. Bonsoir à tous. Ah, merci. <laughs> T'es pas français. C'est très bien. <laughs> so excited to be here. So thank you for the invitation, Ryan, and to the government of Quebec. Just to jump into things, can you both briefly introduce yourselves and then also give an introduction of what is MGO Global? Hi, everybody. I'm Ginny Hilfiger. I am the co-founder of MGO Global and the creative director, uh, the chief design officer of the Messy brand and of MGO Global. I have worked in the industry, the fashion industry, for many years uh, after attending FIT in the 80s and then went on to um, work at my brother Tommy Hilfiger's company for about 18 years, launching divisions, and then left there and had my own collection, and then worked rebranding Fila Global, traveled around the world for Fila Global. I worked for private label celebrity dressing for HSN and um, QVC um, and designed a lot for celebrities. And then also I did the Gigi Hadid line for Tommy and helped them launch the Tommy Sport division. And over the years, I've worked with several celebrities. So the the idea of doing a, a sport lifestyle brand for the famous soccer player, Leo Messi, was the perfect combination of my experiences working with celebrities and sport and active and lifestyle wear. Perfect. And Max? Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Maximiliano Ojeda. I go by Max. I'm originally from Argentina. I live in the United States since approximately the end of 1999 or 2000. Spent some time in Canada, in Vancouver, during 2000 or 2001. My experience actually was in hospitality, uh, real estate in Manhattan. And then Jeannie and I, we put our brains together, you know, with the idea of designing and uh, creating a new company, which today came to life, right? So we decided to create a portfolio company, which is focused on developing and acquiring lifestyle and consumer goods product companies. So mainly we're focused on DTC. Yep. And uh, and yes, as you said before, actually our company went public early in January, and uh, we were lucky that Nasdaq invited us to celebrate and having our uh, bell ringing ceremony, which was actually impressive. So we're excited to be here. So, nice journey that we have ahead and what what um inspired both of you to create you know this portfolio company to create lifestyle brands that which you guys are going to start creating others what what was the inspiration for you both to create this because you both have a deep experience Jeannie and i uh, we've been together for about 12 years and uh and i happen to get familiar with her industry and her many projects working with a lot of celebrities and the the brands that she worked for like tommy hilfiger Globa. Uh, Fila, Fila in China, and fin, uh, Fila Global, and then, then my background, which probably is uh, more uh, business oriented, and in New York, she had experience with many celebrities developing uh, brands for other companies, and we always had an entrepreneurship uh, mindset, so uh, we wanted to start a project, and then 
I guess the planets align when we got the opportunity to meet uh, with the messy management, right? And the engineer yeah. actually was about to get into a different project with a different celebrity. So uh, that's when actually we had the first initial vision of creating, you know, a platform multi-brand and try to get a flagship store, right? Like create a flagship brand to get started. And obviously, uh, we had an opportunity. We presented a, a very nice and ambitious plan that put us in business. And uh, and with that, we start building the whole team around aspects of the business that we've been developing through everybody's experience, you know, in COVID business-wise. So that helped us focus a lot on DTC and open a lot of opportunities. I guess here we are now. And then, like you mentioned, the stars align and that is life. You know, sometimes timing's everything. So, you know, exactly. the opportunity arrived and then you both decided to go forward. You know, it's interesting because it is like that, right? Like you look for uh, for opportunities, and uh, but in our case, I guess uh, we are very positive people, motivated. We always try to be connected. Time that we travel and we go places, you know, we we set up different uh, meetings. You know, we travel a lot to South America, to Europe. Uh, we used to go a lot to Asia. Uh, Shinny traveled quite a bit in the past years yeah. to to Canada. So for us, actually, learning uh, is everything on this process. And we also, or I also understand that I don't know everything, right? So you need to surround yourself with a lot of people that know more than you. And uh, and, and that helps actually to to define the strategies, the vision, you know, that you are later going to be developing. It's not just a one man's show, you know, in my case, actually, I'm the CEO of the company and co-founder with Genie, right? So you build everything with the team. So... Uh, it's important that when the planets are aligning, also you have to try to align that vision, you know, with individuals that actually you're bringing into the team and make everyone feel comfortable. You know, everybody has its own life, but as much as actually you can, or we try to, uh, is to create a, a community, right? It's really exciting meeting people and hiring people who, like Max said, know things that we don't know because no one knows everything. Exactly. There's one thing that I do want to mention is both of you, what's great, you both have the ability to identify a lifestyle brand that could work internationally because, you know, Max, your experience in Latin America and then Ginny, since you were in Asia, and that's something that not everyone could have. And that's something that you could teach also your staff. So I think that is an asset of, of MGO in itself. This is one definitely. comment. I think definitely, definitely. actually, in my case, actually, yes, I'm from Argentina. So my main language is Gini actually uh, been traveling the world, you know, for, you know, so many years. And uh, I can probably count at least six to eight trips that she had in Argentina in the past four or five years. But our staff too, right? So we have some contractors in Colombia, in Argentina, in different parts of the U.S., in the U.K., you know, and, uh, and all together, actually, everybody has different backgrounds. So and, you know, this leads me to my next question. What are your guys' experiences in launching a DTC brand and what challenges you might have? You know, especially also with a brand that you're like your flagship brand that is probably shipping to China, shipping to Latin America, shipping to the U.S. So um, what are some challenges and some that you have both have faced in launching a DTC brand? Because a lot of people want to launch or grow their DTC business. Yeah. Well, in our case, actually, we uh, we launched a very international brand, right? By working yeah. with uh, with Leo Messi. So in our first year of operations, we cover over 120 countries shipping wow. wise. That's right? tough. So for us, actually, it was very important to identify the right the right logistic partner. 
So, yep. and because of the relationships that we have in house, you know, with, uh, in this case, actually with our COO, uh, we were able to manage a relationship with uh, black men, you know, which they're located in Belgium and they serve over 350 brands. So that actually yeah. obviously uh, help us out, you know, because they are fully set up logistically, but, you know, one of the biggest challenge, even though that we have that was shipping, right? Because uh, we, we were manufacturing in China uh, during 2019, 2020. Oh, yeah. and, uh, and then shipping actually got so out of hand and super expensive, right? With the container, supply chain, everything that happened through COVID. So uh, being a small company like we were, you know, we were able to actually make right decisions and, you know, diversify risk. So came into play the relationships that Ginny had, you know, and manufacturers from around the world. And quickly, actually, we set up uh, with her relationships in, in Portugal, you know, in India, in Peru. I think we test out uh, Colombia for a little bit, uh, United States. So that's one of the things we did. And, uh, you know, then you compare shipping rates, you know, with time of production, lead times, everything comes into play, right? So, so you need to have some experience or try to have good advice as much as you can to be effective there, right? Because in today's day, people are expecting to receive their packages, you know, quickly. You know, yes. unfortunately, Amazon, you know, created this. The two-day uh, shipping. Wa- <laughs> I want it now, but it's good. Actually, you know, today, actually, we're proud to say that sometimes our packages from Belgium, they get to the U.S. in three to five days, you oh. know, which is actually really good. I think, actually, that was one of the challenges. And for us, also, actually, we have such a global audience, right? So we needed to, you know, create a website, you know, in Spanish, in English, you know, to serve both communities, thinking of our customer service also in both languages. Ginny, you probably actually might have a few other things on the challenging side. Ryan had suggested and asked if customer acquisition was a thing, and it definitely is getting customers. You think that all of a sudden you open a website and everyone's going to know you're there. Been a huge learning curve, which Max is a lot more seasoned in that end of it. But we've learned a ton about that acquiring customers, working with people who know how to get noticed. These are things that people need to keep in mind, right? Because sometimes actually you just think of a product that you want to launch, right? Because you have a great idea, you are a great designer, you have good contacts. But also you have to start thinking from the beginning in the audience, right? It's like, is the audience that I want to target needs this product, right? Because there's a lot of beautiful things out there that they deserve to be on the market and sell and have a lot of demand. But in today's world, for example, actually, if you use your Instagram, right? And you like soccer and you like uh, to travel, you know, to Europe, France, Rome, that's kind of like what you're going to be seeing in your Facebook, in your Instagram, you know, so those algorithms start showing you things that they associate with things that actually you like. So it kind of like narrows down the vision of the consumer. So I think you do need to think of that when you are thinking of a product to launch, right? And thinking what's going to be the audience? Is that market big enough? Does that market needs this product? Is there a demand on that niche? And then On the other hand, you need to see how expensive it might be to market all that, right? Because as a new brand, you know, your cost per acquisition is going to be pretty high because you're going to be probably competing with a lot of established brands, you know, on the market, right? So then you have to, you know, analyze if that's worth it for you to pay to try to convert new customers 
ask uh, into your website, bring new customers to your website, and then for how long actually are they going to be? Is your is your brand created a long-term value proposition? You know, are you going to be launching new things that they're going to still be attracted to? You know, so you, I think actually th that's another challenge, right? You want to also tap into an industry that you know you're going to turn someone into a customer, and uh, hopefully that customer they're going to come back. It's going to yeah. come back. It's going to stay with you. You're going to keep creating hype, excitement. That's why there's so many collaborations with brands, things that, that are so beautiful and colorful. And, you know, you have to keep people engaged, you know, and I think that's the challenge, right? There's a lot of competition out there now. Yeah. And well, and, and you can't necessarily follow the cycle as well, because you always have to be on the cusp of what's new, but since you're always digitally yeah. in front of the consumer. And yeah. that's a, that send us to mention something that I think is interesting, you know, from our perspective too, right? Like uh, one of our companies is uh, uh, the brand with Messi, right? So, but in that brand, we don't actually follow, you know, production cycles, like probably big brands do, right? Mm. So we don't have seasons, the winter season, the spring collection, right? All the time, Genius and her team, they keep creating stuff and we keep dropping things. So maybe she developed something that actually is going to be dropped in the middle of May, or maybe yeah. actually uh, it's an important day for our brand, Messi's birthday, which comes on June 24th. So maybe she creates a special capsule just for that particular day, right? And you keep creating your community and you keep creating your engagement that sometimes doesn't necessarily goes with what the market dictates, right? Ideally, you want to create your own your own brand days, yeah. right? Like in this case for us, it's uh, Messi's birthday. Sometimes actually we have a great marketing opportunities when he scored many goals or if he wins a big trophy, a mm. big tournament, like the World Cup, you know, so those are all opportunities that you have to capitalize on. Well, Nigeria, I imagine that makes your your job more exciting because then you could say, I want to create this. And that that's in line with, say, Messi making a goal or that's in line with a future brand doing something. So that makes it, it is. You can move quicker. So it's it's fun. And also, I think that the beauty of D2C, which is not anything like what I grew up doing at Tommy Hilfiger and Fila because those huge brands, they're wholesale brands so that they have to have spring, summer, fall, winter collections every year at the same time already and ahead of like a year ahead of time yeah. for the production cycle and the buying cycle which becomes like a vicious cycle when you have to keep doing another season and another season and another season. But the beauty of the lifestyle brand of Leo Messi is a lot of the clothing that we do is seasonless. I mean, people wear hoodies and sweatshirts and T-shirts all year round. And then maybe we'll throw in like a, a warm winter jacket in the winter. We'll throw a windbreaker in the spring. We'll throw a short in the summer. We'll throw in some swim trunks. But it's a different thought process than what it used to be because we're just D2C and we have some retails um, in duty-free shopping and things like that. But that's kind of seasonless also. It's actually, it's, it's fun, but it's a little bit easier than always having to create a full collection every season. I do want to take a step back because you guys mentioned that last week, it was Tuesday, you guys went public. Can you guys share? Oh, that not wasn't last Tuesday. You went public, but you rang the bell. Can you share a, bit, a little bit about your experience there, and then about the process of um, going to being a public company? Oh yes, 
it's and congrats uh, by by the way congratulations yeah. for that definitely yes it's definitely actually a very interesting path it's a huge learning curve for people that they don't have experience you know on the financial markets a lot of learning uh, definitely you need a team so it goes back to the beginning of this conversation right that we say that you need to have people around that they know maybe they know more than you or they know uh, different aspects of the business right because a lot of things come into play right you need to uh, you need to have your book in orders right you need to have auditable books that takes time right so and it's expensive and then you need to work with a legal team that yeah. has experience in taking companies publics and they do have a good track record right then you need an audit firm to work with you you need a cfo so you do need actually a lot of elements into play and obviously you need to hire a bank an underwriter right that they have access to to investors right because the investors they come from the bank but also actually from your network and in our case um, we have this market right that's still being crazy and challenging yes like the yes, past true. weeks you know all these situations going on with the banks in silicon valley and uh, and then uh, you know the end of covid is pretty much actually when we started uh, this adventure right of going or trying to go public so it's been a, a roller coaster roller coaster of things going on you know around the world that we needed to adapt to and learn and then be strong you know and uh, and you know think that actually the decisions that you are making you know you, you think them through but once you you make the decisions you stay with them you stay put and walk in what direction because you're going to start finding a lot of distraction along the way too and I do want to now go to like the name of the podcast, Rants and Raves. Do you guys have anything you want to rant or rave about? You don't have to do both because, you know, ranting is not necessarily positive. Um, but if you want to <laughs> rave about something, maybe something that's coming out in the future or, you know, some or, you know, we you could rave about, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, rang the bell or something else. Um, it's up to you. I'm going to I'll rave about you and having the podcast and, and inviting oh, us here. You. Ryan, I mean, you're, you're so outgoing and you've introduced us to so many amazing people over the past two years who are really important and great. And we're still really close with all the people that you've introduced us to. So we really, that's a rave, you know, oh, we, the, we really appreciate <laughs> like all the great people that you've introduced us to and love networking with you and that's that's part of the fun and part of the ride, you know, is just meeting people and helping each other grow. And I will say, you know, Quebec gives me the best job for that because, you know, I have no, you know, that's my job. So I can't, <laughs> it's it's a great place for me to be. So, um, but but thank, thank you. Thank you. And you're so good at it. <laughs> I try my best. <laughs> you are. So you're that, you're a natural. That, that's <laughs> what you have to do. Um to close, I always ask my guests to provide any advice. I know there's a lot of snippets of advice. You know, you guys mentioned to stay stay positive and you know keep on moving and to learn from others. But do you have any advice to give to the general industry as a whole? I'll I'll just make mine really quick. I would just say, you know, don't don't give up on following your dream. That's great. Copy paste. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, perfect. All right, yes. Well, that that's all I have. Uh, Thank you both for taking the time. So um, so this was fun. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you. 
Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. À très bientôt.